Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of Tigris. I have been living it up here in Argentina. Um, this is where I came for my 25th birthday trip. Um, yeah, y'all, I'm 25 now. This is officially the first episode that I'm doing as a 25-year-old. I actually learned on my birthday that their 25th birthday is your silver year. And it's because silver is 25 and your gold is 50. So that's cool. But yeah, so I'm in my silver year and ring it in here in Argentina with a couple of my really good friends. Um, we're just here doing, you know, co-working, working remotely and just spending the early mornings and late evenings exploring the city here in Buenos Aires. And it's been really magical. I definitely feel like I am being pushed to do a lot more self-reflection and like sit with my feelings because um, the pace of life here is just something I have never experienced before. I feel like I, you know, I, I feel like I, I have a lot of experience with a chill pace of life growing up in Portland, Oregon, um, but I really have never experienced anything like the pace of life here in Argentina. Um, for some context, I spent the first nine years of my life more or less living uh, full-time in New York City. And when I was nine, my mom moved my sisters and I out to Portland, Oregon, where the pace of life was just much slower, much chiller. And I remember getting there and immediately feeling like something was missing or something was off. Uh, and at first, I think I always thought that it was just that I wasn't used to silence. Like we moved to what are is more like suburbs in uh, Portland, Oregon for the first year that we were there. And it was really hard for me to sleep because silence was something that I just didn't know. I was used to, um, you know, growing up in the bustling, uh, you know, New York City streets and going to sleep when there's honking and people uh, and people yelling outside your window and uh, being woken up by the sounds of the union workers protesting and the garbage trucks stopping. And so for me, I remember getting to Portland, Oregon and being like, wow, something is missing. And that thing that is missing is noise. Um, but I think that in many ways, I think I I really started to realize how much of my identity was wrapped up in being like a kid in chaos and like loving the bustling life um, in many ways because it it's very distracting and it makes life easier uh, you know to avoid any sort of um, bad feelings you don't want to think about because you're surrounded by so much chaos that there's distraction everywhere you look and so I think that for me, like, I it, I don't think I ever really adjusted to life in Portland, Oregon. And it's not that I didn't appreciate it. I think that it's just something I wasn't used to. It was something that I was conditioned to see as a reason to be uncomfortable rather than, like, a reason to slow down and enjoy. And, you know, I think that's very natural for, like, a 9 or 10-year-old. Um, but... For me, I just, I don't think I ever got used to it. I always felt like people were teasing me because I was 
uh, frantic or, you know, in middle school, they would always call me like a spaz or um, I just was super high energy or would get distracted really easily. And it wasn't ADHD, but it was definitely like I had some troubles interrupting other people in class and things like that. So, you know, and I'm not saying this to excuse any, you know, bad behavior in school, but I think it really does relate to the fact that there's just a different level of stimulation growing up in New York. And, you know, I think that's in no small part to how much my parents filled my schedule when I was younger. Like I had martial arts uh, w once or twice a week. I had piano, private lessons and group lessons and dance and art and soccer and like, you know, various activities. And I think that that's very natural growing up in New York with two working parents where you're kind of left with a nanny who shuffles you uh, between different after school activities. Um, and, you know, I definitely when we were living in New York, we were in a, a more stable financial situation where, you know, we could afford to fill my schedule with extracurriculars. And when we got to Oregon, I think one, because I wasn't a nanny kid anymore and my mom and our family wasn't in the financial position to like afford after school um, programs, but also it just isn't the environment for that. Like, uh, you know, Portland, Oregon was where I first encountered like the SUV stay at home soccer moms who you saw like every morning at the bus stop and every evening picking their kids up from school and sometimes at lunch when they would bring them lunch and that whole like, you know, role and, you know, kind of larger presence of parents, um, especially moms in the suburbs at schools was just something I hadn't experienced before. So I think for me, it was absolutely a culture shock. And, you know, I've I've talked about this on episodes previously on how I think that there were other things like race and being one of the few Asian kids in or people of color in class being a culture shock. But I do think something I haven't really talked about it before is like, it's just the pace, like the pace of life is something that I, I think was uh, absolutely culture shock. And it, it really affected, I think, my young mental health when I didn't have so much distraction to allow me to, you know, who to allow and aid me in avoiding my feelings, you know? Um, and, you know, of course, my mom enrolled me at, uh, in therapy around that time as well. Anyways, all this to say, like, I've been thinking a lot about just like the pace of life and like the history of my childhood and life and when I was living in situations that had different paces growing up. Um, because like truly coming to Argentina, like we just keep realizing and laughing about how beautifully slow the pace is here. Like there's no rush to eat dinner quickly. There's no, um, there's no rush in how people move around the city. Um, like you sit down for dinner and, uh, you know, it maybe takes them, it's been taking us like 15 minutes to get a menu and you know you have to flag them down a few times you know there's there's no feeling of being rushed out of your seat um there's no like limit on okay you need to be out of here in 90 minutes because we have to turn the table um and you know on the weekends like most establishments are closed and so i think that you know it's just it's just something that i i feel like i have ne i've never grown up in a world uh where like pace of time and like pace of life is so slow that it like influences the way that you know business is run here and I think that it's just it's been a culture shock but it's also been like I think honestly really 
thought-provoking. I mean, maybe I'm also just feeling more reflective around my birthday, but like, I feel like it's been, it's just been like a wake-up call realizing like, wow, we live in such a fast-paced life in, in New York. And I mean, a little bit Portland, Oregon, but like, especially New York, where everything is about, you know, minimizing the time spent on doing certain things, right? Like, how can you make sure that you get to this destination as fast as possible? Um, you know, hurrying to uh, eat lunch on the go, grab and go food in general, like all the to go coffee places, all the uh, just like the way our meals are set up or even like in the restaurant world, like the the way that just business systems are made fast food, VC back restaurant chains, like everything is about maximizing um, the number of customers who can come in. And I just think like that while that you see like kind of that influence of American and Western capitalism here in um, Buenos Aires and you see that like in the brands that are here in um, the brands that people are wearing on their shirts like it doesn't culturally feel like that there's this obsession with like maximizing and like expanding profits by you know thinking of time and human time as like a very scarce resource and like I, I think that it's 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 kind of like a rude awakening of how deeply impacted you know i am but also just talking to my friends like we are as like young millennial gen z members of you know a working uh generation that is growing up in the center of like american capitalism right where like we are all now out of college and we have jobs and um we we live in a city where like we were talking about how it's very rare that we ever have lunch and don't work, right? Like the idea of like putting your laptop aside so that you can just eat lunch is like, that's something that I've really trained myself not to do, uh, maybe since college. Like even beginning in college was when I took every single lunch eating um, uh, and working and finishing homework. And I think that that's something you just don't see people doing and you get weird looks when people see you pulling out your laptop at, you know, a restaurant. And that's what I've been doing all week and have definitely gotten some weird stares and looks. But, you know, I think that it's it's something where I, I kind of have like mixed feelings about I wouldn't say embracing, but just like mixed feelings that come up existing in this slower pace of life. One, I have this like stress, like this anxiety over this is not how it's supposed to be and this is a waste of time it is wasting my time it is wasting your time like this is wasting the potential like wealth of like what this establishment wherever i am or like this you know this uh society that i'm in um and i'll talk about why i think that's problematic or like just something to keep thinking about two i also find this like gratitude i feel this gratitude of like oh my gosh how lucky am i to experience this pace of life because it is such a privilege to be able to travel to, you know, a place around the world like this and be able to work remotely and be able to experience it. And I do feel this gratitude of like, wow, maybe this is exactly what I need. Like I need to learn how to like be at a slower pace and f have like a feeling of abundance around time and being okay with slowing down and sitting in silence and not having 5G network everywhere I go, but being super um, you know, thoughtful about how I spend my time and what I spend my time doing. Um, and so I have these like mixed feelings of like anxiety that, you know, I, I recognize upon further reflection once I get past just like the generalized anxiety of it. Like, 
a lot of that stress around time and, you know, am I wasting my time? Like, it feels like it comes from this rooted emotion of worrying that, like, I am a waste of time, that, like, I am a waste of, and I'm not worthy unless I am maximizing my time and not just maximizing my time in, like, an emotional fulfillment way, but specifically, I realize I'm conditioned to think of what is maximizing my time as what is giving me some sort of professional uh, work gain, whether that be doing more work, getting through one more email, um, you know, uh, having a productive conversation about work, even doing brainstorming or something like that, where conditioned to think that time well spent equals output uh, in this capitalist world where my worth is equated to my work professional output. And as much as I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously a recovering girl boss where I, that is exactly how I felt. That's how I derived all my self-worth. And I don't, I think that there's, um, I, I feel very empowered and it's something that I've, it's taken a lot of work to get to a point where it's, I, I accept for myself, like, you know what, like I do feel very empowered from the work that I do. And it does give me such a strong sense of self-worth and self-purpose. But I think that the missing gap of like what I've been working through and what I will continue working through is like, how do I, balance that gratitude and excitement about, you know, feeling purpose and loving my work to making sure that I am not only and solely deriving my self-worth um, from that. And how do I make sure that I'm, I'm also like, you know, I consider emotional conversations or, you know, conversations with friends where I'm really developing those relationships. How do I also consider that a good use of my time? So I think that there's a lot of different ways to think about this. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like, it's just it's just a wake up call, right? Like, this is the civilization that I grew up in. And um, it's impacted the way that I think about myself and my self-worth and my work. And um, and then on to the next part, which is like the gratitude part. Like, that is much harder for me because I feel so thankful for this experience and this, I think that I, I recognize that I, I have a natural, um, conditioned maybe aversion to like this slow pace, but it is something I'm super thankful for and like something I'm trying to lean into. Like even, okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning. So I have two hours just to like stroll around the city and like not distract myself with an audiobook at 1.5 X speed, but just like experience it. And like, that's just really, not something I think I've culturally ever considered. Like I, I live in a world, I live in New York City, a city that I fucking love. And, you know, I feel so out of place here in Argentina. I feel so out of place just in like wanting to occupy myself with a busy mind. Right. And so while I feel like I belong in New York, I do think that I being here like kind of makes me realize like maybe it really is being aware of how much I lean into like the busy mindness of uh, New York, right? Where even if everybody around me is listening to music and in their own world and looking at their phones, like I am trying to just like live a slower pace. And maybe I actually spend a Saturday just walking around and strolling, um, even in, if I'm in the city where my work is. Anyways, who knows if I'll actually put that into practice, you know, but I do think it says something that I'm like two fucking days late turning in this podcast episode. And usually I'm very timely. I would pride myself on uh, being someone who meets deliverables. But you know what? That's just the Argentina um, mindset rubbing up on me and taking my sweet time and, you know, just leaning into whatever mind space and break that uh, I possibly can. 
Um, so that's why I'm a couple days late on this episode, but I'm still getting it out to you on my birthday week because, uh, yeah, I've been thinking a lot and the more I create time for myself to reflect, the more reflections we have to share. Anyways, uh, I'm so thankful for all of you who stick with me in this Tigress journey. I know there's been a lot of changes and I'm still working on my consistency and being on time every single week, but I love getting messages from the listeners out there who share, just share your thoughts on what this episode might make you feel, or I, I love when people disagree with me um, and, you know, call me out on certain things or challenge me to think differently about certain things. So please keep doing that. Um, and I will see you all next week on Wednesday. That is the plan. Bye, y'all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.